0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for booking your flight through Study Abroad Airlines. My name is Brittany, and I will be your study abroad advisor. Your phone should be set on podcast mode. Please sit back and enjoy your flight. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the San State Study Abroad podcast titled Warriors Abroad. I am your host, Emily, and I am a study abroad ambassador here on campus. Today's guest studied in France for a week and was part of the faculty-led program. They will be giving us a little bit more insight into their experience. Would you like to introduce yourselves?
1: My name is Daniel, and I am from Keys, California. I am a senior at CSU Stanislaus, and I'm glad to be checking in into this podcast because I would like to talk about how France was, and it was such a culture shock when Arriving there and also in Germany, we have some time in Germany too.
2: Yeah, so my name is Jacob Martino. I'm a senior at CSU Stanislaus uh, and I'm a sustainable agriculture student.
1: (laughs) Also, my major is geography and a minor in history.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Let's dive in. How did you both hear about this opportunity?
1: I heard about this opportunity last minute, and it's a little story because it was sent through an email from the the head of geography to all the geography majors. And it was sent on the last day at eight o'clock at night on the due date. So I stood up, I stopped doing the assignment that I was already doing on the computer. I was like, forget this. Let me just do the, the France application. Because when I was reading it, it said free. The course is free. The flights are free. And the hotel is free. So I was like, okay, well, I want to go to France. So let me just go to France then. So I stopped doing my work and I applied for this application and I did it on a word document, made sure that I edited everything, made sure it was a, a good enough essay or response to be accepted. So I submitted it around like 11 o'clock right before the due date. And then the rest is history. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. So kind of similar, not quite as last minute as Daniel, but, uh, I got a bunch of emails from different professors saying, you know, study abroad stuff. So I've always wanted to travel, uh, definitely internationally and especially to France. So when I saw that it was to France, I was like, all right, I'll look into this. And then I saw that there was a month long that you had to pay for some of, and then this week long, which was fully paid for. And I said, yeah, you know, I'd love to do this. So I looked into it, applied, and I got accepted.
0: So you guys didn't know each other before?
2: No. No.
1: I I didn't know. Actually, it was a secret for a little bit. I did not know who applied. I did not know who got accepted. Mm -hmm. I learned that I got accepted, wasn't it like three, four weeks after the application? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it took a little bit of time. But then we got emails saying like, we chose you. Can't wait to go. I knew um, Melissa because she's another sustainable ag major, uh, but I didn't know Ali and Daniel at all. So first time meeting. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's cool. That's like a way for you guys to connect and meet each other. Yeah, You guys took the group flight with the faculty, correct? So how was that?
1: Yes, we did take the flight with the faculty. I was kind of nervous because it was my first flight. And I didn't know if we were going to be sitting next to each other or not. So if I was on my first flight, didn't know the rounds about to flying, and I'm not with my group, I kind of got scared. I was like, oh, then, <laughs> if I get lost, then I'm, I don't go or something happens. <laughs> so uh, they came with us. We were able to get on the same row. Um, we were next to our faculty and they helped coach us through it. So it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm.
2: This is my first international flight. They you know, they got all the tickets, they organized everything. Uh, our part was really just like meet here, show up, picked us up. I think Daniel and Allie got picked up from Stan State. Stuart picked us up in his big van, and we drove to the airport. But yeah, they had planned everything. It, it was, you know, easy for us. We just showed up and hopped on the plane. But yeah, it was a long flight, 11 hours. And yeah, we were all in a row, which was pretty cool. So we all got to like, that was a real bonding experience after that first, that first flight. We were like buddies after that flight.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting that you guys both haven't been on a flight and having it be international. That's like, you know, you just went for it, but was it the flight nonstop?
1: Yes. The, okay. The first flight was um non-stop to mm-hmm. germany mm-hmm. to frankfurt and mm-hmm. then we had a three-hour layover in frankfurt and then we traveled to frankfurt to leon France. oh okay i yeah. see so in total how much was that
2: because i have it written down 10 and a it half was like like total flight time it was probably like 12 and a half yeah because hour and a half from frankfurt to leon and then it was like 11 i think from sfo to uh, frankfurt but yeah, I, I'd flown before, just never internationally. But I think my longest flight was like, I don't know, three hours, or oh, yeah. two and a half hours from like Denver. So this is a big, big step up. But yeah, Daniel being his first flight, just hopping into going
1: to yeah.
2: France. <laughs> yeah, that's huge.
0: Who was the faculty leading your program and how were they?
1: So it was two faculty. Uh, we had St. Pals. Mm-hmm. Uh She's a... New uh, professor on campus. I think she's teaching in sustainable ag. And Stuart Woodley, we had him too. And I forget what what he teaches, uh, Jacob. Stuart
2: is. Um, That's administration. I don't think he. Yeah, he does administration stuff now. I think he used to teach. Um, his background's in plant biology and uh,
0: entomology. Okay, yeah, because our office where we're located. Um, it's right by the provost. So Stewart's office is right there. So he works for that. Oh, yeah. I don't know what his background of teaching was, but mm-hmm. he was a professor before. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get to know them both well?
1: Yes. I had essentially spells for a class in sustainable ag. Uh, it was like a geography slash agriculture class. And I had her for a semester before, I think that fall semester. And She was great. She was a good teacher. I learned a lot about um, regenerative agriculture and how it helps um, the environment. So, but I didn't know Stuart Woodley at all. That was my first time meeting him. And Central East was the only person.
2: Yeah, I didn't know either of them. But going through like an experience like this, we got to know him really well, especially Stuart. It was like we weren't roommates essentially, but we lived in the same. Like building. So we kind of like, we were neighbors. Uh, And yeah, traveling to another country with anybody, you really like get to know them. So it was, it was sad leaving after our week together because I feel like we all got to know each other pretty well. But yeah, it was, it was good.
0: Are you all still in contact now that you're back at San State?
1: Somewhat. I know we were chatting and talking like right after the trip and we were talking about, (laughs) we were reminiscing about how we wanted to go back and what we missed about the trip. But since then, um, I'm still on campus. I don't know if you guys have summer classes, but I'm I'm always here.
2: Yeah, I don't have summer classes. Um but yeah, we we talked a little bit, just exchanged texts and stuff, like Daniel said. But I actually have class with Ali and Melissa, I think next semester. So so we'll see each other. In a month or so.
0: So the faculty-led program was a week long. Would you have changed it to a longer program or kept it just a week?
1: I think I wanted to live there a (laughs) little bit. (laughs) Honestly, uh, I could see the differences between America and France. I think the food is better. And I think everybody says that. Even people from Europe say the food is better there. And I, I would agree. But I think I wanted to do the month program like how everybody else did. Wanted to stay there for a month, maybe even do other activities. I know we couldn't do every activity that we have such a short amount of time. We couldn't do it, everything that we wanted to do, but we didn't do a lot. I extra three weeks when it hurt.
2: <laughs> I would have loved to do the month. The only thing with the month is you do have to pay, I think, for tuition. And I don't know what else if you have to pay for flight and stuff, too. But yeah, I would have loved to be out there for a month. They learned a lot more. They got more experience, more time out there. They also seemed like they were really tight when we got there. They had already known each other for like two weeks. So they were all buddied up and we were kind of like the new, the new kids in. Mm -hmm. So it took a little time for them to like warm up to us. And I think they still had a week, at least a week after we left. So yeah. And they seemed like they were just loving it. So um I think another, an extra three weeks out there would have been really cool. So if I were to do it again, yeah, I'd try to do the month long. But again, like this was free. So can't be free. You know, <laughs> it was really, it was great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The rest of the kids that were there, the other uh, foreign exchange students, they were all on the month program and we only t- tagged along for a week and we didn't get, you know, really connect or open up to them because right when we got there, Um, we were already leaving so uh, that's what that's the only unfortunate thing Mm -hmm. but it was still great to um, meet other people from different states of the United States and um, there was a a group of kids that came from Mexico too so.
0: So you guys were on like quote-unquote strict contracts so you guys weren't able to stay longer if even if you paid for your flight or whatever for extracurricular activities does that make sense?
2: I think we could have, I think we could have had like adult, like maybe I want to say Stuart said something about that. Like if we wanted to have our flight delayed, mm-hmm. but then we'd have to pay for everything after, you know, as soon as that weekend, we'd have to pay for everything else after. But I want to say he may have said like, you could just push your flight back. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah. But, uh, I think that may have been an option. I'm not 100% on that though.
0: What were the classes like? Did you experience the French educational system or was it strictly class with Dr. Woolley and Dr. Pels?
1: The classes, I definitely, I took some pictures of how the classes look. Um, the first class we went to were like thin tables with chairs right there for to sit down on. And the teacher, I think the classroom was quite smaller too compared to here at stand. And they had a whiteboard and a laptop and a projector. We had a couple other teachers that came in to teach us. And they all spoke English. So they weren't speaking French to us at all. Um, we had one lecture by Dr. Pells, And then with Woodley, he did an outdoor lab with us. So there was a mixture of some French teachers and then um, some lectures by our faculty.
2: Like Daniel said, we had different lectures. I think we had maybe four different lectures, but Dr. Pels and Dr. Wooley, uh, well, Dr. Pels gave a lecture. Dr. Woolley, like Daniel said, assisted collecting insects and stuff in the field. But we got to, yeah, like Daniel said, they all spoke English. So it wasn't like a big deal with like, you know, that, lang- that language barrier. Yeah, it's. I mean, it seemed pretty like, Close to our educational system. I don't know. It didn't seem like there was any anything surprising. Really, definitely appreciated that they all spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I would say the
1: only thing was some of their presentations had some French words in it <laughs> that they didn't take out. Yeah, but that was like the only thing. Uh, some French words in the in their English presentation, which I would think that would happen, right? That would be pretty obvious. Um, yeah, definitely. And then. Some of them would have heavy accents mm-hmm. when they were speaking English mm-hmm. and it was hard to understand. But as soon as you came accustomed to how mm-hmm. they were speaking, then you were able to understand everything.
0: You adjust to their accent once you start communicating with them more. Yeah. How is it navigating the local languages? Did you learn any phrases or any local slang?
2: It was easy. Like I, mean, like I said, most people out there, you're in a big city. So most of the people speak like a little bit of English or like pretty dang good English it was not like an issue anywhere I think besides when we first got there our cab driver didn't speak a lick of English so <laughs> yeah. we were that was difficult trying to like navigate how to get to our hotel and then like we had to do a drop-off for Chantalise and her daughter so it was like oh we have to add a stop and it took a while to like figure <laughs> that out but besides that it's like everyone at restaurants English I mean you could get by really far with just knowing like the basics you know like yes no please thank you hello um, goodbye and you know when in doubt you can just point at stuff at a restaurant like I want this so uh, <laughs> I didn't learn any phrases you know besides like what I just said yes yes no hello goodbye stuff like that yeah that's all that's all we really needed I would definitely, if I were going back, I'd definitely learn more. But yeah, you could you could get by pretty much most countries, I think, with the basic. Maybe that's not true. <laughs> at least French, France, you can. I, yeah,
1: I would agree. Um, everybody spoke at least, I would say, three languages. You could definitely get by speaking English and Spanish. A lot of people, uh, France spoke Spanish too. Yeah. So you could get by English or Spanish. Definitely you want to learn some French to communicate with anybody else and see how how they're doing and how they perceive things what their views are, are about but what was funny about coming in to the taxi from the airport was that <laughs> our professors uh were speaking spanish to him but he only understood <laughs> french and it was mm-hmm. just
2: funny because they were getting the um their languages mixed up so yeah their, their go-to is like because out here it's like spanish but it's like this guy doesn't know what you're saying at all <laughs> like oh he doesn't speak spanish what am i
1: doing Instead of saying we that kept saying c you know? yeah like <laughs> yeah. and we could get to a hotel for like an hour it was like already like i think i had a time down it was late it was late it was around like 10 11 at night
0: i do agree what jacob said you said that the basics the phrases Literally, that's what I mentioned to everybody because everybody always has a question about the language barrier. They're like, do I need to be fluent in that specific language? I always mention to them, I'm not Korean, but I went to Korea. I learned, you know, hello, goodbye, please, thank you, things like that. And then also, like you said, like pointing body language. And I feel like if they see that you're trying and then you're being cooperative and being friendly, they have no issue helping you. So, Jacob mentioned that you shared a building housing with Dr. Wooly. So how was your housing experience like?
1: Yeah, we shared a, a dorm, a building. And once we got up to our third floor, so, our, so we got in the elevator, we got up to the third floor, we were all given um, keys for our dorm. And I opened my dorm and it was pretty small. There was just a bed, a table, a small fridge, and a bathroom within the same dorm. And uh, the bathroom was like a half like it was a toilet and then there was a cover and a shower, like very small, very compact, all in the same area. To be honest, I liked it. We all got our own room and then we all hung out after each day. I think I would definitely do it again because <laughs> there was only one downside, but I think Jacob could talk about the human oh. humidity.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, the I didn't I, I like the housing. I think at first, like we walked in and I was like, whoa, this is tiny, but I would kind of was expecting us to have like a shared area. And I wasn't sure if we were even going to have our own rooms. I was like, oh, am I going to have to share a room with someone? Like I assumed we were going to for sure share a bathroom. I wasn't sure. But having like our own place, your own bathroom, your own shower um, was really cool. Um, Yeah, it was tiny. But when you're in like France or when you're traveling, you're really out and about all the time so you're not really in your dorm anyways and yeah like daniel said we'd get back we'd wake up early we'd leave so we'd leave early get back late and then we'd all just like choose a room and then go drink wine together and then you know we go to sleep so we're really not in our dorms anyways but having like your own bathroom shower in your own little area was really cool so i really like the setup i would definitely um stay in a place like that again
0: how was it like adapting to the local environment and culture?
2: I would
1: say it was pretty easy to adapt. The only thing was that was significantly different was the sun set later in the day. The sun could be up from 9.30 to 10 at night. So culture seemed like people would wake up later in the morning and then go to sleep later at night. That's what, And the nightlife would be longer, right? Also, the humidity. Out there was awful. <laughs> it was so, it was so sweaty out there. But I think it's because it was during the summer and it was much, I wouldn't even say it was that much, that much hotter, but the humidity made it seem like it was definitely burning and sweaty out there. Um, no ACs. But that's that's the downside. So you open your window, so yeah, your dorm, you open your window to let the cold air in. But then all the mosquitoes would come and there's no screen on the window. Oh, my goodness. So when you go to sleep, you turn off your light. Don't have no light on even your charger. If your charger has a light on it, because mine did and they still came in. We were all attacked by mosquitoes <laughs> every, every time we woke up uh, in the morning and during the night. It's either you risk closing your window to stop and suffer the heat or you open the window and Suffered a mosquito bite. The what was cool about the culture too was everything was cheaper, and the food and vegetables and fruits were great, and that made it easier to adapt.
2: Yeah, it, it was definitely definitely humid, like Daniel said. The no AC thing, I think that's just like that's just Europe, you know. Yeah. That's how that's how they live, which was fine. Like it was like getting there, it was a lot. Um, at fr- like the first night, it was like wow, it's I sleep with like a two fans on or something, you know, out here and not having any airflow, no AC. It was pretty rough at first, but after a while, you know, you just, everyone has their windows open. That's how they cool their rooms down. That's how they cool their homes down. But yeah, the bugs are everywhere when you do that. So yeah, like Daniel said, it was a lot. It was okay. Culture wise. It seemed like Leon's a, big city, I think it's the second or third biggest city in France. So it seemed like just really any other city except it was much cleaner. It wasn't a lot of trash anywhere. I, we didn't see a lot of homeless people. Uh, just very clean compared to other cities. But you do have, you know, crazy drivers, you have people biking a lot, a lot of, a lot of bicyclists, a lot of people walking, And I know you're going to ask about this. I think uh, public transportation, we took Metro everywhere. So, you know, just like any other city, you had that as well. Prices were cheaper. It was great. You know, coming, going out there, U.S. dollar goes a lot further in Europe. So that was great. But yeah, everyone was really welcoming and friendly at restaurants and stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't get any like, oh, stupid Americans. Like people always say the French, like, don't like americans or something for some reason but uh no they're everyone is super friendly i didn't get any vibe like that
0: they have that stereotype that they don't like tourists or whatever it is
2: yeah and and yeah i didn't feel that
1: at all and i'm gonna claim i'm gonna declare that is a myth that is okay don't believe that yeah actually go to france that is a false myth Everybody's friendly and nice and to take it a step forward friendly and nice and spoke English to you mm-hmm. and if you're if you speak Spanish too they would they would like that too they could speak Spanish to you too mm-hmm. um, that, that's what was cool about it
0: I don't know if their roles have changed but my French friend said in like primary school, they would have to take a language class and it would have to either be Spanish or German. So it was mandatory. So that's why most of them do speak another language besides French. Mm-hmm. So
2: I believe it. Yeah.
0: How was the local food? What was your guys' favorite foods?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I liked the kebab place when I went to France. That was the best part. Uh, you want to think a kebab in France, would look like a kebab in America. They're totally different things. The kebab there was basically kind of like a wrapped burrito that was. I don't even know how to describe it. To you. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like yeah. a like a burrito that was cooked really well, and then you were able to bite into it, and that was your kebab. And a kebab is like kind of like the fast food place in France. Um, that was my favorite spot if I needed to go there.
2: Yeah, the food was. Great. So Lyon is famous for bouchons, which are like, they're, they're restaurants that serve traditional Leonese food. And we got to, I think our first day we went to one, there's like a section in Lyon, near Old Town, kind of, where there's like a few blocks of these bouchons. They all serve relatively the same stuff. I tried something that it was like an andouille sausage that uh apparently rle did like recommended against that but i I didn't know that wasn't a big fan of it but i'm glad i tried it because i did i you know i can say i got to try a traditional leonese meal but uh the the presentation was like fantastic and you're paying like 15 14 15 euros for this that looks like something you pay for i don't know 50 bucks out here um, and that's like what 15 euros. That's like 16 bucks U.S. dollars or something. So you're getting like quality stuff, presentations like up there, and it's very affordable. Yeah, like Daniel said, their fast food. They did have like McDonald's. I saw KFC and like a Subway. So they had some like Americans uh, fast food stuff out there. Uh, but but really, their fast food is like yeah, kebab everywhere. Yeah, And they're like, like Daniel said, they are like tacos, but they were like burritos, but like panini grilled burritos, but they were really good. I went, we went once all together, but Melissa and I went a second time, one of the nights, but all their stuff is so fresh. Like, I know there was like a thing saying like, like a warning, I think uh, Brittany put it out, like your stomach might take a couple of days to like get used to the local food. But I didn't have that issue at all. I think it's just their stuff's like less processed. It's more fresh and locally grown that I didn't have that issue at all. Uh, I loved it. There was a lot of like farmer's markets and stuff. Just yeah, a lot of fresh food and I loved it. I
1: would agree. It didn't feel like uh, my stomach had to adjust. I feel like my... My body accepted that food because it was so, like, it wasn't, I don't think it was processed at all. There was no preservatives in it. It was just fresh, and your body just took it in really well. Um, I remember coming back from America, I had a thirst for the fruits in France. I had a a thirst to, like, try more fruits when I came when I came back because we had some raspberries and apples and I have some oranges and tomatoes tasted way better there over here
0: yeah like the quality of food is definitely better
2: yes and yeah. cheaper the wine uh can go under cuisine I guess too uh the wine was really good I mean everybody knows the French have like the best wine maybe I guess I mean probably Italians up there too but uh French wine's like the best, so super affordable, really good for for cheap. And yeah, we had a market near our, our dorm area called the Casino. They had a huge wine selection, and most of it was really affordable. So we got to have different wine like every night um, back at our dorms. Uh, we had, we even went to a winery one day, tried a bunch of we got to wine taste there, so tried tried some different stuff there. A few of us bought bottles and brought them back. But yeah, the wine was killer. The food was killer. French cuisine is the best.
0: Yeah, that sounds like you guys had a blast. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's also no tipping culture there, correct?
1: Yes, so everything's cheaper. Yeah. Uh, no tax yeah. and no uh, tipping. So if the price is $15, your total will be $15.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, you don't have to tip, but I think you can tip like if the if the service is like out of this world you can but it's definitely not like expected whatsoever so yeah that's another perk
0: yeah I heard that some servers would take it as insulting as well if you were to tip oh yeah
2: (laughs) yeah yeah maybe we didn't I don't think we tipped at all which I feel bad saying because out in the U.S. it's like yeah it's
0: like it, the but... most horrible thing. To do as <laughs> yeah, a- yeah, you don't <laughs>
2: want to do that. but out there, it's like, yeah, it's kind of weird, but it was nice. It was cool.
0: Do you feel like this program has influenced you in your professional life? If so, how did it?
1: I think the way it would have influenced me is by making me want to do something more an international major or do a minor international uh, in that realm because i think i want to travel more got the little travel bug and i think that's the way it influenced me because i think i i feel like i'm missing out on different areas of culture and their education system mm-hmm. in a way um i think we're pretty accustomed to what's here in america it's, it's pretty straightforward but over there um you could you get to see different ways how they teach and What things they have that they that we don't have? Mm -hmm. For example, they don't have their irrigation system; they only have rain for all the agriculture. You know, we here we have an irrigation system, and we have less rain. But that's the difference. So, when you're learning here, you got to learn about irrigation. And when you learn over there, you got to learn how they use their surplus rainwater to the advantage, Mm -hmm. and that's a different technique that they utilize. So that's the difference. See that you you won't learn that here because you won't actually see an example of surplus rainwater like that.
0: Yeah.
2: So I'm a sustainable ag major. This is an agroecology study abroad program. So there's a lot of like similarities from what I've learned and kind of what they're teaching out there. So I think my biggest thing was taking away or the biggest takeaway was really just seeing how another country, you know, grows food. and how they do it out there. There's no one way to do things, you know, like it's good to think outside the box. And I think that's the biggest thing coming back here is like, you know, there are, there are better ways to do things, more environmentally friendly ways to do things. And I think that's a big thing with France is like, they're so about sustainability and ecology You know we could we could use a lot more of that in the us granted in california we're growing food for like the entire nation so it's a little bit different but i think that's the biggest takeaway is like yeah think outside the box you know there's no one way to produce food and we should try different things like france is doing
0: i love that you guys sound so like motivational like you know yeah just (laughs) preaching right now but it's like you know there's more to life and i feel like um you guys or whoever whatever it may be, you wouldn't experience that here until you go somewhere where it's taught differently, things are introduced and stuff, so.
2: Exactly, yeah.
0: What was your favorite part and the most difficult part about studying abroad for the week?
1: My most favorite part of the trip was, I think it was going to cathedral on -hmm. the first day and seeing the Roman ruins on the first day. So we got to see a lot the first day. We had a free day. And we toured around Lyon, and we went to this cathedral, and it was beautiful. I have pictures. I shared them with you. Mm-hmm. Um, they were be- it was so beautiful, and it was peaceful in this church. I every everything was detailed from the outside of the church and from the inside. Every everything was had something on it, which was it felt like a magical feeling. Uh, I liked I like the church, best church I ever seen in my life. And then I like um, our last day when we went to Annecy, Annecy, France, which is like two hours um, east of uh, Lyon. And we got to see the Alps on the border of Switzerland. And we were able to swim in clear water on this lake. So that was my favorite part. And Annecy was a little bit less of a big city. It was kind of like suburban. And you were able to, like, I, I just like, the, like the suburban environment, so mm-hmm. I was able to feel less um, claustrophobic in Leon. Leon was kind of tight, but out there it was open, and you got to see the culture a little bit more.
2: Yeah, um, my favorite part, cause it's hard to put like, like pick a favorite, cause Anesti was like probably my favorite. Uh, but but we also like touring the winery, and we went to a chocolate factory, and this uh, we took a train to this small town on the Rhône River which is like goes through Lyon but it's also a big reason why the wine is so good in that region it's cuz of the Rhône River so we got to go to a chocolate factory uh tour the chocolate factory try a bunch of french chocolate and then went out for lunch and then got to go tour a winery they took us all around their cellar room um and then went wine tasting so me i'm like trying to get into viticulture and analogy so like wine growing and wine making so that was like really cool for me to see but an i think is probably was probably my favorite day because it was our last day uh this is like one of the top places in france to visit i think like top 10 towns to visit like daniel said you're like on the alps you can see the alps switzerland is like very close so a lot of the people spoke swiss i guess i think they they speak swiss right so they spoke like swiss french english (laughs) there was a huge farmer's market going on so um we got to try a bunch of super fresh different food there they have like Chantalise bought these strawberries that were just like glowing they were like the freshest most beautiful strawberry i've ever had um it was the best thing ever um and then we yeah like daniel said we went swimming tried a bunch of did we eat there besides the farmer's market i don't think we did uh, and see yeah i think we just like tried some food at the farmer's market
1: i tried some ice cream i remember that oh uh, yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah, that was- yeah. yeah.
1: little tell stuart would get ice cream every like two hours part. So <laughs> shout out to stuart we ate, i think when we came
2: back we ate at leon very late at night at that one. Yeah. 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 We had, uh I think it was gelato. Stuart, like Daniel said, was getting gelato all the time. And he, it was funny because we went to a stand and I think Daniel and Stuart got like some gelato. And Melissa was like, no, no, no. You're going to want to like, Jake, come down, come to this one like down a ways. So we go down there and it was like much bigger and like, I don't know, it looked better. So like Stuart got two scoops and I got two scoops and mine was like a mountain and his was like, like actual two scoops. It looked just really <laughs> yeah. really sad compared to mine. So that was, that was really funny. But yeah, and was so gorgeous. Like the Alps are right there. And there's uh, I guess this part is like famous for hang gliding. I think it was, or paragliding. They were, you could see him up there like jumping. Well, not jumping, but you could see him flying around the Alps up there. And then the water in that lake, I think it's Lake Anessi, was like clear blue, super warm. So yeah, seeing that town was was the best day, I think, for me. Um, As far as like the worst, I think, most difficult part was the flight, the first flight. Because that's just like coming from my longest flight being like two and a half hours to an 11-hour flight um, was a lot. And, you know, when you first get there, you don't... You don't know anybody, so it's like, all right, I'm going to be stuck on this flight, kind of feeling alone. You just adapt and get to know everybody. And, yeah, that was that was the most challenging part for me was that first flight. But the flights after that were like nothing, I thought.
1: I would agree. The flights were very long and kind of a little, I do not even know what was the feeling. Like, uh, I experienced some G-force <laughs> when going up. From the takeoff and then when you go going on an incline up towards the sky that kind of like messed with me a little bit maybe the first day taking the metro we were kind of confused um, oh yeah yeah but after a while we came kind of learned and came accustomed to it and we realized the metro uh, was super fast and it could take you around town within i'll say within like five minutes mm-hmm. across town and then you take the next one and that's five minutes and you're able to travel and use the metro efficiently. You know?
2: Yeah, I think that's a big thing, like people going to a new new country like that is like how am I gonna get around? But being in a city, there's so much like public transportation. Um, or you could rent bikes or like scooters like they have out here. They had this the same, they add those too. So yeah, figuring out metro is it only took a day or two, and then we felt like, oh, we, we're like from the city now. It, it yeah, uh, like <laughs> native like, yeah, or like just felt super normal on metro like going to school or whatever yeah it was cool I like the metro system there
0: yeah I've heard um public transportation in Europe is just amazing so yeah that's good that's easy to learn and catch on so Mm -hmm. yeah if you could redo or change anything about your experience abroad what would you do differently
1: I think what I would have done differently was stay there longer definitely and Pretty much the whole time, we I think I was enjoying myself. I don't I didn't I liked everything that was was going on there. Each day our schedule was fine. We had free time to do what we wanted to do. I think I would wanted to experience the nightlife a little bit. That's the only thing that that we didn't experience. Um, I wonder what stores are open or um what night events are going on. Is there any concerts? Um, more social stuff. Mm-hmm but we did all the daytime things. Mm-hmm. So
2: just the nighttime was excluded. Daniel makes a good point where we so with this week long versus the month long, they got to like once they're out of class they got to go do whatever they wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. With with ours, we had to be with the faculty members for insurance purposes. So like we couldn't really go off by ourselves and do whatever. So like the nightlife thing probably wasn't super possible for us. But if we were doing the month long thing, we we totally could have done that, you know? Like go out to a bar and I don't know, go to a club or whatever. Like a lot of the month long kids did. But me personally, like I I can't say I would have done anything different besides like staying like for the month. We did so much in our like five full days there. Every single day we had, like if we didn't have class, we were doing some like big day even if we had class like right after we'd still go exploring like we did so much in in those five days so yeah I don't think I would like change anything or do something differently at all besides just like maybe stay for longer to see yeah. more and do more
0: you yeah, guys just wish it was just longer experience
1: some music there I think um we didn't get to- listen to any music. I wish I asked around and heard what people were playing. I kind of heard some people playing music from their car, but not fully on listen to a mm-hmm. song and maybe a club or a bar would have.
0: Do you recommend studying abroad?
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Everyone should do it.
0: You didn't really know about studying abroad before, right?
1: I knew about studying abroad, but I felt like it was unattainable. Mm-hmm for for me um mm-hmm. I felt like I couldn't um I couldn't apply that or I wouldn't get it mm-hmm. if I did apply um I feel like uh, only certain people go and if I try to do it um I probably wouldn't go mm-hmm. so I think that's what deterred me from doing it previously yeah but since I heard this opportunity I was I kind of yellow it so I, <laughs> yeah I was like <laughs> I need to do I, it's either I do it now or I never go ever in my life. Yeah. And since I have learned that it's cheaper there, I might move there because <laughs> I spent that cost of $2,000 to fly there and you make your money back because it's cheaper there. So.
0: Yeah. Jacob and Daniel, would you study abroad again? Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. you plan to?
1: Yes. yes. Take me again. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> If there's opportunities, I will apply. I will write the best essay you ever heard of you ever heard in your life. I'll do a speech, everything. Um, I would like to go, I would lead by example for Stan
2: State and I would bring back more pictures than I did before. So yeah.
0: Very sweet of you.
2: <laughs> I would definitely do it again. I graduate in the in December. So unfortunately I probably won't be able to do another one of these with Stan State. If I ever did like a master's program, you know, there's definitely like study abroad master's programs, you know, PhD. Yeah, they have them. Yeah, so I would definitely, if I decide to get my master's, I would 100% love to do that. To go back to, you know, uh, what I recommend it, 100%, I think think everyone should at least, if you're not going to study abroad, at least like travel internationally to experience like a different country different culture it just like broadens your horizon a little bit as far as like outlook on everything and you don't have to have like a ton of money you know like everyone thinks traveling is very expensive and it is obviously for like plane and and lodging a lot of times but there are ways and programs to do it affordably or you know free so that's a that's a cool thing about this program and you know just just look there because there's stuff out there all the time like not just stan state but colleges in general have stuff like this and we just got lucky enough to get accepted and find out about it so everyone should travel to add on i think
1: everybody should apply this is to this this is to the students that are listening right now Mm -hmm. i think everybody should apply if you got this far everybody should apply because for this france trip you would think a, a hundred or a thousand kids applied for this France trip and the only four of us got chosen. And that's just not the case. Actually 15 kids applied and four of us got chosen. So oh, I, I didn't,
2: I didn't know it was only 15. Was it
1: 15? Remember we talked about it on the last
2: day? Oh, I? I don't remember the number, but that that's like not a lot. Yeah. Those, that's like good odds. Is it 15 or
1: 16 <laughs> kids applied for the France trip. I got it the last day and I, you know, shot for the stars for it, but I had more of a chance to get it than that, than I thought. So I recommend anybody who wants to study abroad, there's probably a lot of other people that are thinking the same that they won't get it, Mm -hmm. but if you try and apply and write an essay for an hour. It was like only 500 words. Mm -hmm. I know you can do it. Yeah. you can get accepted and study abroad and you won't regret it because i felt the same way and once i learned that only 15 16 kids applied for france i was like wow <laughs> i beat the odds It wasn't mm-hmm. there wasn't so many kids that applied that you think you wouldn't get it but i we ended up getting it so
2: yeah the yeah. application process was was really easy i mean it didn't take long at all so i would just say apply what's the worst that can happen you you know don't get to go but you could go to another country for free or or really cheap so definitely apply I do want to say that I forgot to mention um, the passport process was like a pain in the butt <laughs> so like, if uh like tip for someone wanting to travel rod like get your passport right now before you even have a trip plan because it's a long process um, but once you get it it's good for 10 years so then you could you know, travel bond.
1: jake is right about that because i got <laughs> my passport two days before our flight mm-hmm. yeah i was shaking man <laughs> i was like yo i'm not gonna go yeah. i feel like i wasted a spot dude i applied for my passport like as soon as i got accepted like two months prior and it barely came in the two two days before our flight mm-hmm. and luckily it came in
2: Yeah, I waited. I waited too. like once once you get once I got the email, like that's when I applied for my passport once I got accepted because I wasn't going to pay, you know, if I wasn't going to go. But I would say if you even are thinking about doing a study abroad, like do it right now because it's easy just get it over with. And then that way you're not stressing like Daniel and I. Daniel's is way closer. (laughs) I think I got mine like two or three weeks before we left and I was still like panicking but I can't even imagine Daniel (laughs) was.
1: Yeah, I sent an email to Brittany saying I wasn't going and um.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know if Daniel's gonna make it, man. He's really (laughs) close, but he got it. Mentally, in my mind, I
1: declared that I wasn't going. And then I had to buy all my gear that Thursday and Friday.
0: Is there any advice or anything else you would like to add for anybody listening who may be interested in studying abroad?
1: <laughs> yeah, just do it. Like before, do it, apply, because not that many people are applying. They, Other people may think that there's no chances for them to get it, but there is a chance. Um, even I would even add for scholarships too. People think they can't if they apply for scholarships is useless, but there's a lot of people who think that way and they're not applying for that either. So I kind of applied the same way for study abroad. Um, not, not many people are applying for scholarships and they're going to study abroad. Nobody's applying for a study abroad, and you're the first person to apply. So um, I recommend doing all the things you can do to apply to everything. And there's a chance that you would get it because there's a likeness that you would get it.
2: Yeah, I guess same with me. It's just like apply, you know, it's totally worth it. Everyone should travel in their lifetime and it's best to do it while you're young. Cause you know, you don't have a family or career that like locks you down, get out there. And yeah, Daniel made a good point. A lot of people probably are discouraged. Like, ah, there's probably gonna be a million people applying. There's no way I'm getting it, but you know, there's only like a handful, 15. That's like nothing. So everyone has a good shot. You know, you just have to write like a paragraph as to why <laughs> you think you'd be a good fit. You know, even if you need help writing that paragraph from someone, like just, just apply. Um, it's worth it. Uh, it'll make you a better person in the end. Do it.
1: Also, I would say while you're studying abroad, I would say take a lot of pictures too. take a camera because it's memories, and you're able to look back at them and see what what happened. So I took a couple of videos, and I still get the a nostalgic feel that I was that I'm still there, so yeah, take pictures, keep them, and share them and
2: yeah, and try the food too. You're only gonna be there once more than likely, so don't be afraid to like completely immerse yourself into the country and the lifestyle. and yeah. Just have fun.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and for letting us share your experience. I hope listeners who are planning to study abroad or people who love to travel learn something new today and are inspired to travel. If you are interested in learning more about how to study abroad with Stan State, please go to our website at eie.csustan.edu slash study abroad or feel free to email us at study underscore abroad at csustand.edu thank you for flying with study abroad airlines we hope you enjoyed your flight if you have a connecting flight you can find them at eie.csustand.edu slash study abroad or email us at study underscore abroad at csustand.edu Thank you.